We're recording all of them, and I'm just gonna use the best one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, welcome to Waypoint. This is where I will later insert a good tagline. <laughs> My name is Julian, and I'm the game master. I think that was the one, though. Like, no, uh, I'm afraid that is that. the one. I'm afraid that is the <laughs> one. Honestly, you have the catchphrase here. <laughs> yeah. Introduce yourselves and don't let me die. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sonja, and I play Charlotte, uh, and I use the Legacy Playbook. Hi, I'm Mimi, and I still play Max, and she's the star playbook. Hi, I'm Viola, and I play Moon, who is the outsider playbook. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're back for the true episode one this time. Mostly there's just uh, a lot of... There's going to be a lot of us getting the rules wrong, and us having to check the rules, and us having to cut out checking the rules. I'm going to try to leave some of it in because I think this podcast sort of doubling as like a slight dive into how the rules of masks work is pretty cool. Just to also help other people who might be starting the game along a bit, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to look up every single time I start um, a move or want mm. to trigger a move. I'm pretty sure I have to look it up, but I'm sure we, we'll get used to it very soon. Also, if someone needs some inspiration for electricity-based superhero names. I have a whole list. <laughs> like, yes, hit me up. Do. Yeah, I remember there being a voting for that one. Yeah, I, I had Which to. Is, it's, it's, just it's also right. very in character. Yeah, of It's course. very in character for Max. All right. Um, okay, Julian, what are we doing? Where are we? Uh, I can tell you where we are because I have written a small little paragraph about that. <gasps> what a good yeah. coincidence. Go for uh, it. Settle down. Settle down. We're going to start it off. The day is humid and dry at a small concrete train station outside of Waypoint. You know that the city is near, but the hills surrounding it make it nearly impossible to see the place you've heard so much about. The train ride took you here, three miles outside the city, to a concrete lot that connects the transcontinental hyperspeed trains to the magnetic monorail network inside of the city. You're at a concrete train station outside of the city. You came here with a hyperspeed train because I will use every single opportunity I have to show you that this is a parallel universe. <laughs> America has hyperspeed railways here. Yeah, also, also the trains are on time. <laughs> what a fantastic world you have spun. The trains are on time. I can't wrap my mind around it. My decision is everything except for blimps. Uh, there will be no blimps at any point. Every indicator that this is a parallel universe, but no blimps. Um, quick question. Am I there too? And if so, Why? Okay, so this is my idea. You didn't necessarily come here with the train. I thought so. You might have come here on your own. But this place here, this introduction to the monorail network is basically popular as, like, for first-timers, for people who get to the city for the first time to get into the city this way. Because it, like, gives you a really nice view uh, from above at uh, the central districts. It leads you basically directly to the oh. headquarters of the SOS, which is where the... So we want our Zootopia moment. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are there any flyers for anything in the city? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. I assume at the train station, there's like whole stacks of flyers of all sorts of organizations, businesses and Because whatever. I'm taking one of each. Definitely. <laughs> okay, you're kind, of, you're kind of overloaded with flyers. And another question I wanted to ask you, actually, now that I try to imagine how you look with all these flyers, are any of you wearing your superhero costumes? Well, I'm wearing my superhero light costume. It's basically mm. just my uh, under things 
without the mask, without the jacket over mm. it. But um, I, of course, have my lightning emblem uh, on it. So I guess you, you could tell either that I'm a very dedicated fan of some superhero or that I'm trying to be a superhero. Okay. Um, I'm basically well wearing normal clothes and uh, I'm just very exhausted from the train ride. Uh, and uh, I'm just gonna sit down and like try to take a breath and just look around and take in the view because when do you get something like that so I'm just gonna enjoy the moment right now yeah looking around like that you kind of see a lot of people that look like tourists essentially like you don't see anyone where you would immediately think except for that one weirdo in the half superhero costume (laughs) You don't see a lot of people that look like they're superheroes getting into the city this way, which makes sense to you because you know that there's like an easier way to get into the city. There's a highway that was built like a few years ago that leads straight through it. You know, mainly people use the monorail for like the scenic view and for tourism because, ah, it's that cool magnetic monorail that no other city has, but it's not necessary anymore at this point. Moon, I assume you wear your superhero costume. I don't think I have one. (laughs) Um, I thought that Moon, in an effort to like um, have the most human experience to humanly possibly have, that they like parked their ship um, somewhere that was ins- inconspicuous and then basically hiked to the uh, monorail station. And well, on the way, she more or less like went into a thrift shop or something and just put <sighs> something together. So yeah, Moon that is, makes Moon, sense. Moon is wearing a trouser and like trousers and like a shirt and like a jacket that is like like five years out of fashion. But uh, Moon is still red, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just about yeah, to okay. ask whether a um, bystander would recognize that she's not an ordinary human. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like that's probably something that uh charlotte also notices like there's someone wearing a sort of superhero ish costume and just a red person a red bald person with black patches yes. i just i just think those people tried way too hard <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean in moon cases they might have i think to the general person and especially to someone who like looked into superheroes someone with like strange skin or like a strange non-human body type wouldn't be too weird there are well-known superheroes who just barely look human because of how their powers manifest and stuff like that. So this might actually just be a red person. This just might be someone with, I don't know, fire powers maybe. Who knows? Or someone who got like such a bad sunburn that parts of their skin mm. like turned black. <laughs> Max. Yeah, I mean, Max doesn't really pay Charlotte any mind because Charlotte looks normal. But mm, yeah. um, after gathering up all of those flyers and somehow Mm. just putting them in her travel bag. She notices Moon and immediately goes up to her and is like, oh my god, hi, do do you have any any superpowers? Wait, is that a rude thing to say? That's probably a rude thing to say. I'm sorry. Hello. Um... Hi. Oh my Moon god. Is talking is... through you t- telepathically, just to make it clear. Whoa. Do you have some sort of mind powers? I I guess so. I gather they're not that common in the population. No, 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 no. I mean, it's hard to say, but percentage-wise, out of all the superhero powers, they're in the really low numbers. But it's hard to tell because obviously not everyone who has powers does participate in surveys, but Wow, that's so special and so cool. 
thank thank you. Um, where I come from, this is pretty standard. So, uh, oh, cool. where um, are you from? Uh, just not from around you. You wouldn't have heard of the of the place. Oh, like in the middle of I, nowhere. I'm from a small town too. It's like so great to get out, you know. Nothing ever happens, and then bam, you're gonna get into the city. And well, do you want to become a superhero also? I, I guess so. I, I also wanted to like get out of there. It's so boring. Yeah, Nothing right. Happens. And then and then I got like an invitation to come to Waypoint, and I heard this is where the action is. So this is where I'm going, I guess. Um. Oh my God. This is this is so this is so random. Do you have the same invitation as me? She also holds up her invitation. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I when Charlotte hears that, she kind of slides over on her bench <laughs> to just, you know, hear more about the conversation the two are having and also Max is really loud, so <laughs> just gonna say real quick my first thought when uh, Charlotte said like oh I'm from a different place you wouldn't recognize it and Max was like oh then I thought oh you're from Europe <laughs> 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 you must be European <laughs> I see oh yes yes I have one um, hold on a second and Moon like takes over that satchel and rifles around in it and pulls out the invitation yeah I have I have one of those too oh my god how crazy is that they yeah. would just meet like this We can we can go together there. Like, come on, come on, let's go. Okay, sure. Yes, yeah. lead, lead the way. Oh, uh, I um, I haven't told you my name me? yet, have I? Excuse me. Um, I just sorry, I just overheard your conversation, and um, I also have this letter. Hi. What are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> this is fate. This just it has um, to be destiny. I'm Charlotte, and I'm a superhero. Of course. What, what, what's your name? What's your name? So I'm Max, but you know, when I'm superheroing, they call me ecstatic. I'm... That's a really cool name. I guess you can call me Moon. That was like a nickname and it's easier than my, my actual name. So hi, I'm Moon. Also, oh, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry for your loss. And Moon kind of um, reaches over and very awkwardly like pets charlotte's um uh, um thank you how, how how did you know um you might notice that i'm talking in your head that goes well, both ways I, i i did notice um it, it it's kind of weird but um it's it's just kind of weird that you can also like read my thoughts or something Do you also read like emotions or um, I mean I've heard of powers like that but it's very weird to experience that. Um I guess um reading might not be like the best word for it. It's more like sensing, like experiencing. And usually like emotions are much easier to interpret. Like if I'm not paying attention then I usually just get emotions and if I'm like talking to someone then the thoughts that come with them as well. So you just experience emotions from other people? Yeah. Doesn't that kind of suck? No. Well, but, you know, when everyone's, like, sad or something... Then I'm also sad, and then... Oh, right, you don't... Um, Well, where I come from, this... I mean, pretty much all of my, like, family and close circle all have the same power, so all of us just feel everyone's everything. So it's... It's actually pretty cool because if someone is sad, you know why and you know what they need and then you can help them. That must be Europe. 
<laughs> People talking about their feelings. That sounds um, like friends. So how can you fight with those powers? Because it's really cool, don't get me wrong, but like to defeat the supervillains, you have to show something a bit more aggressive. We don't really have supervillains. I mean, if there's, if there's a problem, you know this right away. And because everybody knows what the problem is, then they can fix it. You and I are coming from very different places. Yeah, I, I think so too. I would have liked to have something like that, actually. Would have made some stuff easier. Here's a weird question I have for Moon and her powers. Mm -hmm. And something that I think would be interesting. Um, on your home world, everyone just sort of reveals their thoughts to others. Like, you can't just read everybody else's thoughts. Everybody else doesn't really mind if you read their thoughts. Yeah. Um, I could imagine it maybe being interesting that on Earth with humans, sometimes you don't have access to some people's thoughts. Like, that there's a certain level of if someone doesn't want other people to know something, you sort of get a feeling for that. You sort of get a sort of slight block you have to work through. Yeah, I think so too. I think in on, on Moon's world, there is this, I wouldn't say like, like a, a storm conscience or something, but there is this feeling of you project um, your feelings and your thoughts as well. And that the mm. fact that you don't want others to know something, you can feel that. So it's, I mean, you project that as well. So if your feeling is, I don't want anyone to know this, then your projection will like reflect that and makes it harder to actually read that thought. Mm. So I would, um, the way I pictured it is that it's less like I can read their minds and like delve into their memories or something. It's more like the kind of stuff that they are thinking about, mm. I can sense. And if they like actually like try to think something like at me, that would be really easy. But um Usually if someone like p pays attention to their thoughts, it's not like as soon as they think about something, I can sense it. It's more like like the idle thoughts that you have. I can read them. Mm. Yeah, in that case, it's probably really noisy around Max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you guys of, want, want to um, include anything you are thinking or feeling, you can do that as well because I don't want to like constantly ask, what is Max feeling right now? What am I feeling from <laughs> there? Or something like that. But you don't have to. Yeah, I mean... Generally, I think Max is saying what she's thinking for the most part, maybe. If not, I, I can totally bring that in. Um, and Yeah, I guess uh, for, for Charlotte, I, I guess it's very easy to read Charlotte's grief because like, grief is probably like a cloud hanging over you and just mm. constantly following you. So I guess that would have been very obvious for, for Moon to, yeah. to see. I thought so as well that when you're talking about superheroes and what brought us here, that 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 thought would be very prominent. Mm. Also, I want to add this is more like thoughts and emotions. It's less about like sensations. So for Charlotte's pain, mm. for example, I don't think she would, as a moon, moon would feel like, oh, there's a pain here or something. It's more like, oh, they are uncomfortable. They are in pain, like in general. Yeah, also just the stuff that's, just the stuff that's sort of on the forefront of the mind. Yeah. Yeah, or like the general like direction or wave or something. Mm. Yeah, as you talk about Moon's homeworld there, without knowing that you're talking about an alien planet, <laughs> you hear like a quiet little thud. And as you turn around, you can see that the monorail has arrived, apparently without making any noise. It seems like this thing travels really, really quietly, quietly and didn't make a sound until it like reached the station where the doors are opening now. It, it very much has like a silver bullet sort of 
uh, retro futuristic kind of look like something that you would see at is at like uh, an amusement park if it were trying to bring across the idea of the future uh, it seems to be entirely suspended on a rail like it doesn't from what you can see it doesn't seem to touch the rail it seems to be magnetic in some way you get the sense that moon is not very impressed <laughs> <laughs> But trying to make like a f looking around um, themselves and looking what other people are doing and just doing like, ooh, ah, yes. But you you can sense uh, their emotions and it's like, okay, cool. It's floating. Seen that. Pr done prim that. Primitive technology. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, that's some very old fashioned style. <laughs> also, like, uh, if Moon, like, I don't know, how much how much knowledge does Moon have about technology? Like, just because you're from a futuristic society, like, for example, if I were to travel back to the medieval period, I probably still wouldn't know how a computer works or how to build one. <laughs> like, what's what's Moon's level of understanding of the technology of her people? Um, I would say pretty solid, mostly because I took um, the the move Alien Tech, and I thought it's more mm. like um, like mechanic or tinkerer um, that Moon, like, mm, mostly retrofitted and repaired um, their ship themselves and like got to know like not really um, software stuff but with um, working with hardware and like tinkering and stuff um, they're pretty pretty solid yeah then you would uh, actually know something about this I think oh. you would probably have an understanding of this train with the way it works where it basically like through magnetic energy pulls pulls the entire train along like it has a really cool effect it's very silent it travels very fast but the like it must use so much fucking energy <laughs> like this is absolutely wasteful very <laughs> this efficient thing. you could build this so much more efficiently on like a normal rail so moon is just doing the like oh yes very fascinating uh-huh mm, <laughs> yes like stroking their chin <laughs> Okay, so what do you guys think about the monorail? I think it's pretty cool. You see a lot of people starting to board the monorail. Mostly, as I said, like tourists, families, you see a few. But what you also notice is like, there's more monorail than people. <laughs> there's like, maybe one person for three seats. Okay, so I don't have to rush to get a seat or something. No, you easily get seats. You easily get seats close to each other too, if you want. Okay, because uh, Charla definitely wants to sit, because uh, pain... She needs mm. to use some pain. And Max definitely wants to sit with the two of them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, got a network. Yeah. So, uh, um, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. It's kind you can, of... Like, sense um, waves of insecurity and awkwardness <laughs> from Moon. It's pretty cool. Like, you've, you know, I've heard of it all my life and now I'm here. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, I've read all about it and... It's kind of funny how it works. I, I guess I could technically get this entire train off the rails with my powers, you know. Uh, what kind of powers do you have? Electrodynamic control. But mostly I just make lightning. It looks really cool. That's cool. Why do you blow stuff up in the, in the sky? Are you being attacked or is it a, a hunting thing? Wait, you've never seen fireworks? No. Oh, we, I mean, we definitely have to show you fireworks. So why why do you blow stuff up? Because it's pretty. I mean, it also, is pretty. Also, I like it when things go boom. 
Also, it's just like probably a normal part of your day. Oh, like, yeah? <laughs> there's probably nightly fire fireworks the, shows. The strangest anyways. thing for Max right now is that there's not constant music in the background. <laughs> no, just like very calm background oh, yeah, music. Yeah, the beach feeling. Music. Mm, the beach feeling's missing. Like elevator music is what I'm picturing. Kinda. Like, uh, I can imagine that in some places. Or like, if you've ever been to a park that shall not be named which has locations in Paris, Florida, and California. And a big rodent um, as a mascot. They also have like this constant slight running background music there, which, by the way, makes it really hard to film there and put the footage up online because that music is copyrighted. <laughs> of course. Okay, you uh, take your seats on the monorail, and soon everybody's in. The doors slide closed on their own because this is the future, people. We're, we're traveling to the city of the future here. And with a slight hum, the train slowly gets going and then accelerates very fast. And, uh, and as the train moves across the rail with this silent propulsion, you get your first glimpse of Waypoint outside the city once you pass like the slight hillside that surrounds it. And the light of the midday sun of, uh, over the city reflects back at you from the steel and glass structures. It's like full of skyscrapers that are all very unique. You don't see two that look exactly alike. Some are like curved and sort of resemble like a slice of an orange in a way. Some are s go straight up like arrows poking at the sky. You see different tones in the materials from steel gray to clear copper Uh, as well, you see futuristic stylings that are mixed in with a more art deco kind of style. And they overwhelm your senses immediately as you move towards the city at a fast but steady pace. Do we see even one superhero flying? Not from this distance. Okay, because Max is looking. Except the ones like right next to you. I mean, superheroes. Chat, <laughs> <laughs> um, chat, uh, Charlotte. Um is staring out the window and looking at all of it and kind of has a little bit, you know, tears in her eyes because she actually wanted to visit the city with her mentor and it wasn't supposed to be. Actually, there's like a small TV screen at the front of the cart you're currently in, which shows like basically the thing you'd see on a travel channel mm. uh, about a destination. And uh, it's silent. Whatever the sound for that is doesn't seem to be turned on right now. But you do see, like, footage of the buildings coming by. And you see, yeah, an, an older version of your mentor in some of the footage, like, speaking on a podium in front of a large building with the letters SOS on its front. Oh, why do you torture me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm probably gonna look at the monitors as well. And uh, just be a little bit sad, but also very excited about, you know, what's what's to come next. Because mm. I want to be a superhero. And Max, completely yes. unaware of the feelings going on right now, says, <laughs> Oh, hey, cool. That's Starbolt. I've always wanted to meet him, but I guess now I won't ever. Huh. Yeah, he was pretty awesome. I... I would like to try and comfort Charlotte. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Are we rolling something? Yes. Are we rolling something, dudes? Yes. That's crazy. When you comfort or support someone, roll plus mundane. On a hit, they hear you. They mark potential, clear condition, or shift labels if they open up to you. 
On a 10 plus, you can also add a team to the pool or clear a condition yourself. My mundane is not good. So how do we want to play this? Um, should I roll and say what I'm doing or should I say what I'm doing and then roll? I guess I'm going to say it like in general, generally it would be, I tell you, you know, like it would be, I, I'm going to try to calm her down by doing this. Mm -hmm. What do I roll? Do I roll anything? Okay. Something like that. Generally, this game is supposed to function in a way where you never say, I want to use this stat. I want to use this move. You say what you do and I tell you how you do it. Okay. Essentially. Got it. You, uh, yeah. How do you want to support or comfort Charlotte? Um... Moon kind of senses all the emotions going on in Charlotte. And I, I don't know if you're sitting next to each other or like across from each other. Um, but Moon like scoots closer and says, I know he meant a lot to you. And I think I think he would be really proud to see what you're trying to do. And I know, you know, I've I haven't been where you are. But if you ever want to talk about it, like I'm I'm here. Let's see how that goes. Oh, nice. Um, that's a nine. <laughs> also, by the way, um, can you say when you do stuff like that, whether you're talking to other people or just one person at that moment, because you're not speaking? Right. Um, <laughs> I would think that Moon is like mostly pro projecting um, towards Charlotte. That's what I thought. And I rolled a nine, which means... On a hit, um, they hear you. They mark potential, clear, clear a condition, or shift a label if they open up to you. Um, so it's uh, your choice um, which ones you want to do. I don't think we have any conditions yet. So you can yeah. mark potential or shift labels if you want to open up to Moon. If they open up to you, like, goes for all three of these. Like, the, the player can choose at this point, okay, I, he I heard what you said. I have the choice now of opening up to you and opening up to you with my feelings. And if I do, I get to do one of these things. Yes. Ah, okay. That's how I okay. understood it. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess um, Charlotte's answer to that is, um, uh, well, thank you. Um, that, that's very kind of you. And I guess it's not that bad having met someone who can read someone's emotions, I guess. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, and after all of this, I didn't really have someone to talk about all of this. Um, and it's kind of hard to deal with, you know, losing someone just on your own because no one else kind of cares about that. So thank you very much. Um, I've been alone a lot. So having just someone offer to talk to me is just... Just thank you. I'd like to use this moment to ask you and by extension Charlotte, what was your, like, how well did you know your mentor? How much time did you spend with your mentor? How long did you know him? Well, I knew him pretty well. I think we maybe spent time together for like two years or something. Mm. Um, and he trained with me. He We kind of shared a lot because... I don't have a very close relationship with my family and mm. I just kind of needed someone who takes care of me and, you know, supporting of me. And he was all of that. He was like, you know, a friend, uh, a parent, a mentor um, and, you know, someone who trained me and actually saw my potential and helped me mm. achieve greater things than I ever thought I would achieve. 
I can imagine that being an advantage of having speed powers that even if you're busy a lot in a different city, if you need help, you can call for him and he'll often show up. And I imagine that's sort of how it went for these two years. Yeah. That he wasn't yeah. always there, but when you needed him, he was there. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, did his superhero duties, but um, anytime I needed help uh, or needed someone to talk, he was there. So, and you know, maybe maybe he was late or something because he had to save some people. But <laughs> mm. I, of course, understand that. Yeah. While while you're sitting there and like sort of thinking about him with Moon. Uh, in a way, t sort of reading your mind, you think about the last time you saw him and um, how he acted sort of strange that day with a sort of... There was a sort of foreboding feeling in the air and you're not sure if it's just retrospect, if it's just knowing that that was the last time you met him. But he seemed off. He seemed like he was in deep thoughts about something and wasn't as responsive as usual. Uh, and it was only a day later that you heard uh, that he had passed uh, without anyone really revealing what exactly happened. Just the news that uh, the hero known as Starbolt had died. What was something you said to him uh, at that point on your final meeting with him that's just stuck in your mind? Something you... Uh, really co always come back to or that you wish you could have changed that you wish you could have said something else with I think um, we had just you know I thought we were just having a normal training session but he didn't really pay attention to what I was doing um, so I was a bit disappointed because uh, he always kind of encouraged me and like you know s said some nice things uh, that I was you know doing it well or something And I didn't hear that from him this day. So I asked him what was wrong. And he didn't like, he just uh, evaded my question. And I told him that I always confide in him. And I thought that he could confide in me as well. But obviously that's not the case. Mm. And that's something I regret because that was kind of mean to say. But I was just hurt at that moment. Uh, mm. So I said it and I wanted to apologize for that. But I never got the chance to do that. So as these memories flash through your mind, Moon gets like a general sense of them. And you mark potential. And by the way, <laughs> did you say that out loud or were you just thinking it? <laughs> um, I think I was thinking it. I was just, you know pretty much thinking at it and then moon kind of caught that okay I, it was like a conscious choice that i did it was just you know when when you start that conversation yeah. uh, uh, can, can your, i just your say mind if, immediately goes to if things are private uh, between so, people with the whole yeah. thought conversations we should probably say that from the beginning because mm. for me it's really hard to see should i react in this scene Because someone is saying something or not. So it probably makes sense to just put that in front. Saying maybe, I talk to this person now. Or I talk to specifically yeah, this exactly. person. exactly. Or um, when one of us is like, okay, so we're basically thinking at Moon. So the others don't mm. hear or something. I do like the idea in this scene, yeah. though, of the two of them having this, like deep and emotional mental conversation and meanwhile Max just standing at the window rattling off facts about Waypoint <laughs> and not even noticing that nobody's listening. Yeah, I think I think Max is 
maybe a bit too captivated just by the view of Waypoint to actually say much, mm. but she definitely doesn't understand what's going on right now or that there is <laughs> anything going on right now. Yeah. As as the conversation like turns to to the darker parts uh, at the end, and Max still <laughs> <laughs> hasn't fully noticed what's going on here, you hear a loud sort of noise of metal hitting metal. It's a clink followed by a. You feel it too. You feel a sort of shake go through the entire. Uh, monorail. It's a different one than what you're probably used to from a train that's like trying to slow down really fast because that one is more sudden. This one seems more like it's shaking up and down sort of like a ship on the magnetic monorail. But soon uh, it comes to a full stop. What's going on? I don't think this is normal, right? I mean, there's no stop here. Good point. You hear confused voices uh, from one of the further carts. You're sitting in the middle cart of the monorail bus. And soon you hear screams from the front one. Do I sense um, any kind of emotions? Big emotions? Uh, you... Uh, I would say that would be a so uh, an assess the situation role. Okay. Uh, which would be with your plus superior. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. That's a six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a six doesn't quite do it. No. Um. Um. Should we maybe like explain so, for like a second how this um kind of system works for those people who have never played an um powered by the apocalypse game? An apocalypse world system. Yeah, yeah. I can. We can give us a general rundown. The idea is you say what happens, and then you roll a move. This can be a move from your playbook, or one of the so-called basic moves, which are things any character can do, essentially. Based on what you roll there, you can have a partial success, which is rolling a 7 to a 9, where you get, you like, roll two usually... Sixes, uh, two six-sided dice. Yeah, right. And usually, uh, on a 7 to 9, you get kind of what you want, essentially what you want, or, like, halfway what you want, but usually also something like not great for you happens as well like you have to make hard choices you have to decide which of the things you wanted to do you get to do or you don't get quite what you wanted but the general direction on a 10 plus you usually get exactly what you wanted and sometimes even stuff on top of that and on a six down whatever you wanted to do does not work and it gets and, worse <laughs> and it gets worse things get worse this is where i get to do harder stuff against you. In this game, the Game Master doesn't roll at all. My decisions and what I do are based on what the players roll yeah. and what the players fail at rolling. So in this situation, that means that you move like slightly further up because you're not getting like a clear picture with all the noise basically from the other card. You're not entirely sure what exactly is happening in there. As you walk up closer and try to focus on specific voices, sort of, you see... The door to the cart up front, which is one of these sleek uh, magnetic metal doors, gets sort of scrunched up in the middle, like like it's a bit of paper that someone's crumpling in their hand and thrown right at you. Oopsie! Um, and now you get to uh, now all of you get to say how you respond to that. <laughs> well, I think Max is suddenly and inexplicably in costume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've already been kind of in yeah, costume. Yeah, I mean, I, I got the jacket out, the mask, and I think there's also um, stuff for the legs she has. 
Yeah. But mm. no one noticed her putting all of that on. Yeah, as soon as the train stopped, Max began putting on the costume. And I mean, she trained that she could do it super fast. Mm. Um, okay, that's Charlotte, what you're doing. Charlotte is kind of doing the Superman stunt of just ripping off her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and underneath, there's the superhero costume. Because uh, I definitely wore that, but I just didn't, you know, want to see anyone. Uh, I, wanna, yeah, I mean, didn't want anyone to see, so... Yeah, I mean, you're going basically to, like, an audition for being a superhero. Of yeah. course you're wearing it. So, of course I'm wearing it. Okay, uh, it seems like you're kind of uh, on your own then, Moon. <laughs> I will try <laughs> to dodge. With the door flying towards you. <laughs> okay, you would try to dodge it. H how do you try to dodge it? Describe it in a poppy and flashy way. Um, the way I imagine is there's, like, a giant ball of crumpled up metal, like, rushing through the main, um, like, hallway towards me. Mm -hmm. So I would just like try to jump to the side like between a few seats and hope that it like flies past me that's not flashy at all but i think that's what dodging is just if it comes straight at you go to the side okay let me see let me see what would make the most sense here take a powerful blow per perhaps defend doesn't really make any sense i mean if you defend someone the person you're defending could be yourself and uh, no it couldn't okay based on how the ability is described in the book okay I mean, directly engage a threat has resist or avoid their blows. Yeah, but it also has the uh, the general idea of like hitting someone, you know. I mean, the way I figure it, if something if something is not covered by the basic moves or any like moves you have, then it's not something you roll on. But I think that yeah, quite but that would mean that you situation. just avoid consequences always. Yeah. I think the idea here is what you're trying to do currently is jumping out of the way. Mm -hmm. You don't you're not really using your powers for nope. it. Like usually I would say a situation like this would be an unleash your powers. I mean, um, if you want, I could restate the dodging maneuver in a way that like makes use of my powers. Yeah, but I think for do future your powers do for something future in that situations case? we I should probably my... know what's going on in when someone just dodges. Yeah. <laughs> I could I could use Yeah, my but just dodging bands. isn't anything, you know. I think the idea is you don't just dodge. You dodge and try to counterattack. You dodge using your powers and try to do something specific. Uh someone helps you out of the situation, so they roll defend. Julian, are there other people <sighs> in our car? Uh yes. You're not alone here. You're uh, not there's not a lot of people, but there's other people here. Okay, then I would think that um, then I would like to amend my action. I would like to mm -hmm. like dodge out of the way and use my telepathic bands to grab the piece of metal and try to like swing it around so that it goes out of the window. Okay, like, kind of uh, shooting it forwards, grabbing it, and using its momentum to just kind of like swing it around so that it doesn't mm -hmm. hit anyone. Okay, in this sense, I would say <sighs> that's sort of a defend, but I would count this more as an unleash your powers because you're trying to defend yourself okay. uh, while also defending others but mostly it's an it's a display of your abilities okay um so <laughs> what you guys see is that um moon wears sort of like um, a bracer made of cloth on both their arms and this cloth unwinds to two long strips of like kind of silvery fabric and as moon shoots their arms out towards the ball of metal these strips like sort of seemingly um, with a mind of their own shoot forwards and wrap around or try to wrap around um, the ball of metal. 
That is a 10. That's neat. Okay. Okay. When you unleash your powers to overcome an obstacle, reshape your environment, or def- or, in- or extend your senses, roll plus freak. On a hit, you do it. Yeah, I do it. It's, it's, it's Yeah, you do it. You extend your arms, the lashes coming from them, wrap around the door. You basically use the, your momentum to swing it around and it comes out of the window uh, where it just flies off of the monorail track. I hope there's someone something below. <laughs> when the dust sort of settles from this situation, you see what threw the door at you. And from the from what you can see, it seems to be someone in a dull, slightly upgraded, but mainly very medieval looking steel armor, akin to the one that a knight would wear, uh, wearing a helmet with a faceplate kind of like a samurai would wear that has a sculpted metallic mustache on its front. <laughs> I mustache them about this. The person doesn't seem to be armed except for the armor, but uh, the person has noticed that what you just did probably assesses you as a threat as a, as a result of that and is moving towards you menacingly. Um, uh, an arm extended in your direction. Moon like looks around to the people on the on the we are in the middle train car, right? Yes. Um and Moon shouts to to the other people Get to the last train car. Go, go. And just um, sort of like wh- tries to shoot them along. I'm sorry, but what happened to the people in the first train car? Uh, you don't know. Oh, okay. You um, don't really have a view of that. Uh, Moon still hears uh, voices from there, essentially, like in her mind. So they seem to still be alive. Okay. Uh, That's good. At least some I of would, them. I would like to trigger the move defend someone. Because I see that a lot of people there are just, you know, in shock and scared. So I will use my speedster powers and, you know, use super speed to get the people in our train car to the other one. Yeah, so basically you respond to what Moon is saying and utilize your powers to speed the process up. Yes. That would be a defense someone. Your speedster evacuating people. This is awesome. Um, Does Sunny have to roll for that? Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm, right. Yes. Adding, that is plus savior. I'm adding a plus one right now. It's very hard. <laughs> Counting. Um, yes. I have a ten. So much math. Why I do you roll so well? <laughs> so what did you roll? I have I have a ten with my plus one superior. Oh no, okay, savior, savior. Sorry, uh, it's savior. So I have eleven. <laughs> also, something that's relevant in this situation is uh, this should be a, sinu- a situation where a team pool is established. Okay, so since this has extended into a full-on combat situation, at this point we get into the team mechanics, where basically you get so-called team pools. I'll keep track of these since we're not playing at a regular table. On a regular table you could have them as tokens, for example. Uh, You enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team, which means that you get uh, a team pool of two uh, from the get-go. On top of that, your leader doesn't have influence over every teammate, so you don't get another team point. Everyone has the same purpose in the fight at another team point. What is what are, what are your purposes in this fight? What would you say? Defend the people? Stop them from hurting people? The person? The, mm-hmm. the, the knight, I guess? Seems to be the same thing that Charlotte is doing. Uh, yeah. What about uh, for you, For Max, it would be beat the bad guy. 
Okay, nope. so you don't have that. Uh, have the same purpose as the general idea. If any team member mistrusts the leader or the team, remove a team. You don't even have a full-on <laughs> leader at this point, so that works. If your team is ill-prepared or off-balance, remove a team. You are ill-prepared yeah. and off-balance. So you're left with two team points because you start off with one in general. You always have the one team point. Uh, on top of that, you get a second one, uh, get two more, and then you remove one. So you have two team points, which you can use to basically support each other. This situation where Moon says do that and Charlotte responded by doing that would have been a good point, for example, to use team in this way. If But it, it isn't necessary here. Role. Like if Sunny had rolled a nine and one point would give her the chance to have a full success, then Sunny could use that. If she's already above 10, then it wouldn't make sense to use a team point. At this point, it is necessary because uh, Charlotte displays impressive powers how does your super speed look <laughs> I, i wanted to say is it like the flash but there's like multiple ways that people have shown yeah. how the flash uh, <laughs> powers look um yeah i basically i'm just you know i'm like a shadow moving around very quickly and you can't really like make out any shapes it's just like a humanoid shadow that moves around mm. super fast um, that's cool basically like yeah <laughs> Yeah, so Charlotte sort of vanishes into this shadow that, like, grabs people, puts them in the other train car, and then arrives again in the main room, the door behind her uh, swinging shut with one small grab of her hand. Whew, what did I miss? Uh, you get introduced to what you missed. Oh, no. Because... This situation has gone on, uh, like, even with your super speed, long, long enough that the villain has made uh, his way to Moon at this point and is grabbing her. Uh, Moon can feel the hand sort of closing around their, like, torso. Like, these are huge hands. You assume that the gauntlets are a lot larger than the hands inside of them. Imagine, like, Reinhardt from Overwatch. Big grabbies. Okay. Um, so Moon yeah. like shoots off a like um, a wave of panic and basically shouts at you, help, help. Yeah, help. I mean, Max steps up. Let's see how conductive that helmet is. And she basically mm. shoots directly lightning from a hand to the helmet. Okay, that would be uh, directly engage a threat. For that one, you roll uh, plus danger. Yeah, right. We don't have an audience anymore, do we? No, not really. Because I do have a, a move where I could, if an audience was present, uh, roll, I think, superior. But yeah, I'm just going to have to roll <laughs> danger, which I have a minus one in. Sorry, Max. <laughs> Two people are not an Well, audience. it's still a 10. Nice. Ew. Wow. You're doing really well in rolls somehow. Okay, on a 10 plus, you get to pick two. Out of resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, Me. create an opportunity for your allies, Impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Well, I would take Moon from the bad guy. Thanks. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would... Um, I mean, I assume there's still another fist going around. So yes. I would try to avoid that one. <laughs> okay, so you use your electricity. I can imagine it, like, uh, if you're trying to specifically get Moon free, that you're, like, conducting it specifically into the hand. And uh, something you notice when you do that is that the hand starts to sort of malfunction. Like, uh, it doesn't move like a normal human hand. It's sort of like... It, it's like a dying spider in a way. Like, the fingers just fly around wildly, allowing Moon to escape 
and distracting the villain for long enough that he doesn't get a hit on you. Um, the villain seems not to be too happy about these developments. You can notice that uh, in like how the body language has ch uh, changed that he did not expect this train car to be this well defended, especially with something that seems to be pretty strong against a metallic creature, which means that because he has taken a hit, he marks a condition, which is what villains do when they're hit, which is also what players do. Uh, but with villains, the conditions very much reflect their health points. In this case, I have given him uh, a set of conditions in advance, And he gets to mark one of these off and immediately do a condition move, a move associated with this condition that he has marked now. At this point, I would say, I'm going to do this pretty openly, because he has been hit by electric powers and he didn't expect someone with electric powers to be here, he marks the condition afraid. He, he chooses to engage with this situation by grabbing the ground beneath him with his good hand and pulling it up. <laughs> First of all making you all tumble a little bit, but mostly making you lose line of sight of him. Um, so did they just, um, like, peel up, like, a, like one of the floor panels or something? Basically, okay. yes. He, he, the whole thing, as I said before, silver bullet, it looks like it's made out of, like, one sleek line of metal. Mm -hmm. And he basically rips it open, like, shoves his fingers into the ground, grabs hold of the floor panel and pulls it up above basically him making you all tumble back slightly. Okay, at this point I would like to quickly take stock and maybe try to get a beat um, on this villain, like what their motives are and stuff. Like using your psychic powers for that, you mean? Um, Yes, and mostly just like looking around, are there still people in danger? Um, what are, is the villain trying to do? And like getting getting a beat on the on the situation, I guess. Yeah, this is sort of where the you're saying what you do and I say what you roll thing becomes relevant mm -hmm. because I feel like you're pushing towards and assess the situation. Yes. But from what you said, it seems to me more like a pierce the mask. Like uh, trying to understand what his goals yeah. in this situation are. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, what he's doing. That makes sense. Essentially, even even while using your powers to do so. So I would say roll a plus mundane and make this appear to the mask roll. Okay. Okay, not bad. That's a, no, that's a nine. Okay. Um, when you pierce someone's mask to see the person beneath, roll plus mundane, which I did, which I'm not good at, so it stays a nine. On 10 plus, ask three. On a seven to nine, which I have, ask one. One question from the list, which are what are you really planning? What do you want me to do? What do you intend to do? How could I get your character to do blank? How could I gain influence over you? Um, I would say, what do you intend to do? Is the question. Mm -hmm. Like Moon is trying to get an... Um, Like uh, a sense of what are they even doing? What they're trying to do? Mm -hmm. What 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 are their motives or goals? Yeah, something you sort of see in his mind over and over again is uh, is it a he? And what you also can gather from the surrounding situation, from the door being ripped open, from how he destroys the floor. You see a small image of what happened at the front of the tr uh, the monorail. 
where he basically like straight up just pushed his shoulder into the oncoming monorail and ended up inside of it after both halves sliding out on both sides of him. You uh, get the feeling that what he intends to do is destroy this monorail. The main goal doesn't seem to be to hurt anyone inside of it. You get the feeling that he's bent on causing as much damage as possible. I would like to say that Moon like quickly shoots the other two people a quick thought of destroy the monorail is what you what this person wants to do i assume do i get a sense of the person is it a person or is it like a robot uh, you very much notice that there's someone living inside of that okay. from what you gather just with a sort of robotic suit on top okay. of that and as you gather these uh, this information you uh, notice like another strong shake in the monorail as it seems this uh, figure is jumping out through the hole he just created. Okay, as I'm, you know, trained in just, you know, fighting, uh, I'm just gonna run up to him very fast and just hit him in the head or, the, you know, the helmet. <laughs> like on the way out? As I have speedster powers, uh, I just run up to him and like grab him and just slam him, him on the floor to, you know... Okay, so from... you try to like catch him before he slides out all the way. Yeah. Um, is this directly I would engaged say, with threat? I would say this is directly engaged with threat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, seven. Um, it's danger. Oh, yes. it's a six. <laughs> you, could, oh. you could use a pool. Low um, danger. A, a, a point from the pool to make it a seven and a partial success. Yeah, but. One of us would have to help for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Well, yeah, you're yeah. basically speeding over real fast, trying to grab him by the shoulders. Yeah. And while you're really fast, you're not super strong. And you're just overwhelmed by the villain's like str uh, general weight. This suit seems to be extremely heavy as he just sort of plummets down at the street below completely sliding from your uh, grasp and i can do something now yes also sunny really if quick. you miss a roll you can mark potential which helps you in leveling yes up. so don't forget that you get a point of experience Yay. so i have a few options what i could do here uh, i would like to use this opportunity as like a character moment for charlotte this could be uh, and i would use it either to to uh, shift your labels or to inflict a condition in this situation, I feel like this could result, theoretically, in you feeling less powerful, less superior, maybe, less dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this is big enough a moment to cause something like that. So instead, I'll say uh, I inflict a condition upon you, yeah, which uh, makes a bit more sense in this situation to me. Mm -hmm. I tell you that I inflict a condition on you and you pick which condition you are afflicted with. Okay. Um, so, as a result of this, are you afraid, angry, guilty, hopeless, or insecure? I'm just going to choose it from a character point of view. Yes. And that would be insecure. Yeah. You thought you had it. You thought your powers could do this for you. But he was just, you know, just being yeah. heavy was enough to best you. Yeah. The villain drops out to the street below and seems to be running away. I have a quick question. <laughs> Um, underneath the monorail, shouldn't there be, like, the rail it is floating above? Yes, so but we... the rail is very thin. Imagine oh, the oh, okay. bottom of the monorail, like, uh, 
a U dent inside of the monorail. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that U dent is the rail. Ah. And he basically ripped off something besides that U dent and jumped out through that. Okay. Um, is he already too far away for my powers to affect him? Uh, you can try to s shoot something uh, in his back if you want. I mean, I would have tried to magnetize him so he basically gets pulled back to the monorail. <laughs> I mean, at this point, he's basically all already on the road. Like, okay. you would have to magnetize him a lot for that. Okay, then I'm gonna try to shoot some lightning again, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably say unleash your powers. You're trying to shoot lightning at him which, with which goal? Because he's, like, out of your reach, essentially, at this point. Yeah, I, I would like to um, stop him from fleeing, basically. Okay, to slow him down, essentially. If not stop him from fleeing until authorities yes. arrive. Because I, I don't think any of you can fly uh, to get down there easily. No. <laughs> Then give me an Unleash Your Powers. That's Freak. Plus Freak. That's get Freaky. That's a seven. A seven. Okay, that's a partial success. On a seven to nine, mark a condition or the DM will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I say, I'll say we'll go with the second one. Your lightning does hit. You manage to strike him down below. And uh, you see the clanging through the armor. Uh, you see the lightning flying through that. And the figure seems uh, like some. It's it, it moves strangely now. It seems like you broke something inside the suit with that burst of electricity. But he still manages to move. It's just a lot more clumsy, and he leaves behind like a trail of evidence essentially, because small bits of the armor fall off. Uh, he breaks stuff in his path. He can't make a smooth escape at this point. Um, Max turns around to Moon and says, "Moon, Moon, can you tell where he's going?" Uh, I can, I can try. Hmm. How far is it to the street? Five or ten meters above ground? Or is it like monorail in the sense that it like is supposed to go like really far up, like a hundred meters or something? So that it like overlooks the entire um, city. Because depending on where on the level between the hills and the city we are, it might be quite high still. I'd say 50 meters, like around 150 feet. Okay, so nothing you would just jump. Just No, that's not something you could jump down if you didn't okay. wear a super suit or something of the like. Okay, then I would... Um, and the person is still like pretty much beneath us. And not anymore, like he's running away right now. Mm -hmm. And he's basically making his way between two buildings. You can see that on the road below... He, like, jumped onto the front of a car, essentially, like, squishing it to the ground. And there's, like, a constant noise of honking coming from that car. Like, he probably broke the mechanism that's supposed to stop the honk. So it's like a... Constantly coming from below you. Okay, I would like to try to, like, stretch my senses and get a feel of, like, where where is he going? Where is he going? What's What's... Just away or a specific point? Because I don't think we can, like, run after him right now. I'm gonna say, like, even with your abilities, like, unless you directly read his mind, which at this distance might be a bit difficult, yeah. especially since he is guarding it from you, you, your 
sense of where he's going will be mainly based on where he's going. Okay. Uh, which currently seems to be between two buildings. Okay, so Moon, I thought so as well, because that's quite a distance to like pick out the thoughts of one specific person. Yeah. Um, so Moon... Um, Especially because there's a lot of like angry people from the road below, yeah. angry and afraid people from so the road Moon below. So Moon turns around to Max and sort of shakes, shakes their head too far away. Oh, dang it. Well, that wasn't really a success, but I guess we saved some people. No one died. That's important. As you look down at the escaping villain vanishing between two buildings, you suddenly hear a swoosh, followed by slight electrical clicking and clattering. As you suddenly see something, uh, something that looks like a black arrow shooting from behind where you're looking right now, underneath the hole into the alleyway, alleyway, apparently following the villain. What was that? Did you see that? It seemed to be the size of a small vehicle, from what you can see, flying through the air. I think we were just one-upped by a more competent superhero. Uh, I mean, at least no one died. You hear, you hear voices from the front cart again, as if someone, uh, an authoritative voice, like someone giving a speech. <laughs> um... Oh, no. I would like to go over to um, the front car and see what's, what's going on. Yeah, we on. need to check that out. Yeah, like you you don't have to open the door. <laughs> it's not there anymore. In that far. I really hope <laughs> no one got far, hit by the door that came you. from the sky. <laughs> uh, behind the door, you see a young man wearing a orange and yellow co superhero costume that leaves out a space for his flowing blonde hair on top of his head. Ooh, that's uh, you trash. see that he has like a three o'clock shadow on his face and he wears a set of red tinted goggles and on his chest is a symbol uh, of a red arrow with flames coming out of its tip and he seems to have walked through the crushed remains of the front of the cart as he walks inside and raises his hands and he seems to be in the middle of a speech saying don't panic There'll be vehicles soon. We'll pick you up. We'll get you out of here. I We hope this hasn't clouded your opinion of Waypoint, the city of the future. Uh, this usually doesn't happen on trips like this. Not the first Don't thing. worry. <laughs> e everything will be all right. Calm down. And he also walks like back to you with at least Max clearly in superhero costume and says, Don't worry. Uh, you're safe now. The superheroes have arrived. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Uh, is he is he a recognizable figure or not? Uh, if you're really into superheroes, I mean Max is really into figure. superheroes. You've probably heard of him then. His name is Incend. He, you've heard of him before. He's like, he's not a big name hero, but he's like a minor figure in the syndicate of superheroes. He's an actual member of the SOS. Uh, Max says um, really quietly, "Never knew that Incend was such a jerk." Um, Julian, are the people in the car um, calm now or still panicking? Uh, it seems that this actually really helped calm them down. Like, just seeing that a superhero has arrived uh, helped them. You see that some of them are actually injured. You see some, like, sort of trapped under bent-apart benches. Oh. But from what you can see, they're all moving and they're all conscious. Um, Charlotte actually turns around and goes to the third cart to look at the mm -hmm. people there and ask if everyone is okay. The people, they're like uh, slowly nod and there's a woman in her 30s who walks up to Charlotte, looks left to right and says, was that you before the the super speed? 
Yes, yes, that was me. Uh, I'm a, I'm a speedster. She takes your hand and uh, says, "Thank you." I've I've never. She looks down on your costume, uh, and raises an eyebrow. I mean, I've I've never heard of you before. Uh, maybe go for different colors. It seems a little bit in bad taste, but th thank you a lot. You uh, you really saved a lot of people there. You're welcome. I'm I'm just here just to help people and keep them safe. Is, um, is Charlotte he... doesn't mention the costume because <clears throat> she doesn't know how to respond to that. Did you beat him? Um, unfortunately, he got away. But he's uh, not here anymore. He's not here anymore. You don't have to be scared. It's totally fine. You are safe. And I'm sure we will catch the guy very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, the woman and most of the other people in the cart like carefully move to the front as soon as they notice like that it hasn't crashed, uh, that <laughs> you can still move inside of these. And yeah, this would work, basically work in the way where she's attempting to shift your labels and you could uh, basically say shifting uh, it in a way where she raises your savior and lowers your superior. Because she sort of made you aware of, like, even if you wear the costume of, like, a great hero, you're not going to be recognized as that great hero immediately. But you did save their lives and made an impact on these people. Okay. Uh, like, essentially, this would be someone who would have to have uh, influence over you to actively shift your labels. For us adults, you can generally assume that they have influence over characters. Because they're adults. <laughs> um mm -hmm. And you can resist it by uh, rejecting influence, which is, I think, uh, one of the peripheral moves. So basically what the situation here is, is you can reject the influence of this woman and say, no, uh, you're you wrong about me. I don't care what you say. You're wrong about me. I am not. Uh, I am Starvault. I already feel myself in this role, like what you're saying. But from Charlotte's reaction, I'm judging that she probably like took this to heart, at least in some way. Um, yeah, I think for Charlotte, it kind of makes sense mm. to take this to heart because that's like the first time she saved people mm. and the first time someone thanked her for that. So um, uh, it would be yeah, something she would take to heart, actually. So uh, that means shift your labels. You can now shift up your savior one level and shift down your superior one level, which would put your superior at zero okay. and your savior at plus three. So this is basically how this... Okay game works your stats aren't like fixed as they are in other games it's more about how yeah. you view yourself so if you view yourself as someone um, who saves people you are better at saving people um, but as a teenager which we are playing the view of other people still influences how you view yourself so what happened here is basically charlotte adjusted her view of herself because someone basically made her think about herself in a different way so the labels are not fixed. They will shift up and down um, all the time as, mm. as the Although there's a possibility to lock them, but that comes later. Yes. And also if your label is at max, basically, and someone would shift it even higher, instead of shifting the label, you mark a condition. Because this sort of leads to like emotional turmoil if you're going too far in one direction. Essentially, the people in the back card make their way into the middle card now. And I would assume Charlotte follows them. At the same while, uh, the hero who came in through the front, as well as the people in the front car who can move and are interested in what's happening, make their way to the middle cart now. And he basically repeats his shtick and tells them, you're safe now. We have arrived. We have arrived to help you. 
And the people, like, it doesn't seem like they're generally super interested right now in, like, saying, oh, no, we were already saved by these heroes. <laughs> they just seem to be happy that someone's here is actually going to pick them up about this thing. They recognize, basically. And, and only after most of the people have been calmed down, Incense moves around to the three of you, uh, recognizing even in Moon, based on, you know, her irregular appearance that there's a superhero are there still people trapped under like um pieces of the train car i i would assume that the he, he and a few others who have arrived now through the front part okay so the situation is is being dealt with there are no like people in immediate right danger. yeah okay right yeah the, the situation is being taken dealt care with of at this it. point <laughs> essentially yes uh Whatever. he's he's uh looking down at uh, all of you like putting his hands in his side a little and saying so, uh, from the little I've heard so far, it seems that uh, you managed to make this guy run away, at least. Yes, we did. That's cool. Uh, that's uh, that's what I love to see in young upstarts. Uh, you're new in the city? Uh, haven't really seen your costumes around before. She, uh, His eyes sort of lock on Charlotte for a second. Uh, Charles, Charles just thinks... Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Max um, steps Moon forward. shoots you off. A feeling of amusement when you think that. Max steps forward and <laughs> says, we were actually invited by the SOS. Oh, the SOS. Well, uh, I'm really... Uh, I didn't even know that we had people from outside coming in today. You get the feeling that he's doubting that you've actually been invited Max by the SOS. Max climbs over um, the piece of metal that's probably still sticking out to get to her travel bag. And yeah. basically comes back and just shows him the letter. Oh, wow. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte just follows Max and also gets her letter yeah. out. <sighs> Same. Ooh, wow, really? Ah, let me see. Uh, do these have superhero names on them already? That's cool. Uh, hey, I can. Uh, we're going to go back to base uh, right after this. If you want, uh, I can take you along. I don't think that this monorail is going to be arriving at the SOS anytime soon. Julian, I would like to... yes get a beat on this guy he seems a bit like a bit of an asshole but i might be wrong so i would like to see what i can like get from his like character and motives and stuff okay i'd say uh, pierce his mask maybe i should i should really up my mundane yeah. somewhere yeah. <laughs> because i'm basically it's always when i'm thinking like yes i'm just gonna use my powers to see what what people are then that's my day move mm. okay not bad that's that's a 10 that's a clear 10. Clear 10 is nice. You get to ask three, essentially. Oh, wow. Um, okay, three of the questions. Keep in mind, though, sometimes the answer might just be disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> How could I get your character to make me the greatest superhero of the city? <laughs> you couldn't. Sorry. Um, I would say, what are you really planning um, in the way of, like, what are you actually thinking about us? Are you actually planning to get us to the SOS or is this more like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to humor you? Mm, okay. Uh, what's the other two? Um, those I'm thinking, I mean, maybe what do you... I might, you might be able to combine uh, some of them into a singular answer. Um, maybe also what do you want me to do? Like, what's his opinion mm -hmm. of us? Um, is he more mm. like, oh, these... these um, little upstarts, they should like leave this to the professionals, or is he more like, hey, cool, new people, let's get them trained? And maybe mm -hmm. none of these questions really fit more than that. Hmm. 
how could I get your character to respect me? Yeah, that that's, I, I was thinking about how could I get your character to be less of an asshole, but that sounded... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could I get your character to uh, respect me? You can also me? ask that. Uh, up to you, up to you, totally. Um, yeah, I, I would get more, like, respect because that's basically what we mm. want from him. Yeah, okay. Uh, so what are you really planning? You get the feeling that, like, he's... Uh, and also, what do you want me to do? Like, uh, he, you get the feeling that he's, like, undervaluing you a little bit right now, oh, but not to the point asshole. of, like, hostility. Like, you get the feeling it's more of a, ah, we get newcomers like this all the time. We get new people in the city all the time. Do you actually actively ask him something, or do you just try to kind of get a read on his um, mind? I would say it's... It's mostly like trying to interpret his emotions when he's speaking mm -hmm. to us and gathering from that yeah. what he's really um, thinking. Or maybe like the kind of stuff you, get, you think, yeah. but try to put into nice words. You're getting the feeling that he's seeing you as teenagers, essentially, like teenagers in superhero costumes, where uh, to the point of like, he thinks you did something cool there. You did something sort of impressive there uh, by getting this villain to run away, even if you didn't manage to stop him. But he's viewing it through like a, through like the same lens you'd be impressed if your cat manages to high five you, <laughs> right? Like, uh, it's pretty cool that you can do that, but I could have done better. Uh, but he seems to actually want to bring you back to uh, to the base. So you're not getting the feeling of like he's uh, being facetious. He's trying to do something harmful like having seen that you actually have invitations he seems to believe that so, uh, and he's, actually so he's not pranking us so i guess with the uh, how could we get his respect is we like prove ourselves capable yeah prove yourselves by not just having one villain run away from you but by like you know doing doing the big hero stuff okay which is what you gather uh, you will have to do to gain the respect of a lot of people <laughs> here um max asks so, can we get a ride in a flying car? Uh, uh, we do have a flying platform, but that only gets us down to the ground. I guess this day just keeps on disappointing. Moon seriously considers sorry, thinking Max. Max, um, telling Max about her ship and then sort of remembers what the people from the government told her about like laying low and dismisses that thought. He <laughs> seems to take that uh, comment about disappointment in stride. And turns around to towards the ruined front of the monorail cart again, uh, beckoning you to follow. And b basically tells you, uh, so, I guess since you're not taking the monorail anymore, you're taking the Incent Express. Uh, next stop, Syndicate of Superheroes. As he uh, jumps down onto the rail and from there makes his way towards a flying black rectangular platform that is parked right next to it. Moon sort of directs oh, wow. what a funny guy. their thoughts <laughs> towards um, Max and Charlotte and sort of asks, so I've been told that like speaking to poor people like mentally is not very usual here. So can I just talk to him? Do you guys want to do that? Because last time I did that to an like, adult person, they were not really thrilled with that. I mean, you can just tell me what you want to ask or something. I can just say it. Sure, we can help you But I you don't out. think you That's should hide no your powers. That's his problem, not yours. Yeah, but people get really weird about what I can do. 
Yeah, well, well I guess a lot like... of people get really weird about a lot of superpowers, and they're still awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're all a little weird, right? So just be yourself. Okay. As you say that, uh, he turns around again on the platform, looking at you and waving his hand. Hey, what are you waiting for? Do you want to be superheroes or not? Let's go. I grab my suitcase and uh, follow. Moon takes a look around at um, the destroyed train car and at all the people who are like fawning over the um, like rescue workers and um, takes one last look around Waypoint and thinks, okay, this will be interesting, I guess, and hops down on the platform with the others. And that's where we're going to end it for today. Yay. Yay. I also had a superhero moment, which was so cool. <laughs> yes, and you met a super vi uh, villain and you met a superhero who I totally didn't make up on the fly. <laughs> I, I love that the super villain was actually scared of Max when I just imagine her being this tiny girl. But yeah. electricity. Like I was thinking about, oh yeah, this one's going to be specifically weak to Max potentially. But the thing I thought about it, like the way I considered it, and I think that's going to be kind of interesting going forward, is either his armor is really conductive to electricity, which makes it easy for Max, or it's going to be resistant to electricity because of the way the, the kind of metal that's been used, uh, which would make the situation pretty terrible for Max. And then in the end, I left the decision to, ah, let's see how good Max rolls. <laughs> we rolled well this time. <laughs> Yeah, so if you had rolled bad on using your powers basically to attack him, uh, his armor yeah, would have been sense. resistant to electricity. Yeah, it's it's very free form, and uh, we had to look up room, uh, rules quite a bit this time. Yeah, I mean, but I hope you had fun. I hope it was kind of fluent. It was really cool. It's... I had fun, definitely. We didn't die. Okay, then no I hope you're looking forward. Yes. I hope you're looking forward to uh, actually uh, meeting the people at SOS next time. Not all like. Mr. Arrow Jog Face. <laughs> Where I'm gonna introduce you to uh, one of my favorite side characters I wrote for this campaign. That's gonna be fun. Right, how okay. about. And also, I'm gonna have to tell like everyone that I'm the, you know, legacy and then the. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's gonna next take a bit of getting for used Star to. Vault, so. Yeah. <laughs> Should we name this asshole Incense because he's all smoke and no substance? <laughs> I was trying to think of a better name that has something to do with arrows and fire, but you know, <laughs> I described the symbol before I thought of a name. Fire flash. Of course, he's going to be an extremely important I mean, character. Yes, now. He, he's the one character we have to arrow. prove ourselves to now. Damn yeah. it! I wanted you to prove yourselves to another character, but you didn't follow the villain. <laughs> no, 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 no. We hit no, him I once like... and he fled. I mean, that's just poor planning on your part. <laughs> I mean. Uh, Speed powers might have done it, you know, uh, running down the side of the monorail and uh, following. Could have been, could have been something. You know, I, I just thought it was, you know, there wasn't something to run down on. Mm. And I would I'm like, thinking seriously of, injure yeah. myself just I'm thinking jumping of, down. I'm so. thinking of the flash terms where you can just run up and down buildings if you have speed powers. Yeah. Yeah. Where you could have probably run down, like, I don't know, one of the poles or something like that. Who knows the speed powers work like this here. We'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, sure. Uh, until then, hope you had a great time. Hope it was fun to listen to it, too. And uh, see you all next time at the SOS headquarters. Yeah. Like, rate, and subscribe for the Secret Melon content. That, too. That, too. Bye. Bye.
拜拜。Bye. Bye.